it's some days where maybe your physical health is is a little bit worse than something you'd be able to mend on your own and you'll seek you know a professional's help to do that and that is totally accepted right that's what you do if you're not feeling well you go see a doctor or you or you figure it out for yourself but mental health is no different <laughs> Welcome to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we're chatting about how to dig in deeper with conversations with your friends and find out what's really going on. Welcome to the show, Katie. Sup, babe? How are you? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on. It's funny because I have been just thinking about this whole question of how are you since the whole pandemic started. <laughs> Seriously. This is now your life, right? So guys, I'll give a little yeah. background and then we're going to ask Katie so many amazing questions. Katie is the founder of a new organization started in 2020 called How Are You Really? It's like sup babe with a question mark. It's how are you really with a question mark. It's part of the Mental Health Coalition. I will let her explain that relationship. And Katie is also co-founder and CTO of the Mental Health Coalition. And really, her whole mission is to build a like-minded community who works together to destigmatize all mental health conditions because we are all, myself included, you know, experiencing some type of mental health issue during the pandemic. Whether we were before, I honestly believe that we've all got something going on currently. Absolutely. What do you think, right? <laughs> Is it just me? It's it's so true. No, we all have mental health. We're all experiencing it in our own ways. And I think that it's something that we were all experiencing individually for so long. And I know myself, like I've been working through experiences of my own mental health for many years and recognize that that work has been so rewarding. And it's something I really wanted to dedicate myself to. And recognizing that having conversations with my friends, especially, and just loved ones has allowed me to learn so much more about them, has allowed me to learn more about myself and learning specifically from their experiences. Wait, that's a really interesting thing that you're saying there. And I had this flagged as something that I was dying to talk to you about. Do you think that it is possible to heal through sharing? That's kind of what you're about. It's called narrative therapy, the idea of separating yourself from your experience to ultimately change any old and unhealthy beliefs and to reflect a more accurate and healthy story. So, you know, you are not your anxiety. You are not your depression. If you separate yourself from this story that you've created in your head, you can change the narrative. And journaling is one way that we do that, right? We write through our thoughts. We are able to then you know, look back and look at them with a fresh perspective and be able to analyze them differently. And talking to other people is, is just another way to do that and to share. So 
that was definitely like one of the reasons that we came about with how are you really because as you said like no one answers that question honestly and it's time especially now that we all yeah really take a step back and do that and and we ask our our friends how they're really feeling and we the first step is answering it honestly ourselves totally totally agree I feel like how are you has become just like hello you know what I mean we ask it like a formality it's almost just like a greeting but it takes on a different meaning based on how well you know the person if we know something's going on with them you know if we know anything about their health if you don't have any greater context then you're just kind of asking it like when you say hello as a formality and you're not actually looking for an answer absolutely yeah that's so true I think yeah, definitely not just you that has that experience. I think since launching this too, I'm so much more aware of how often this comes up as just like a pleasantry, it's a greeting, and it's completely mindless. I say it to cashiers, I say it to waitresses. If mm-hmm. if you asked a, a waitress, how, how are you doing? And they started talking about what they're actually experiencing, you'd, you'd be kind of- You'd be shocked. You're not, you're not expecting that. So I think- we do use it, as you said, like it's it's totally just a greeting at this point. And I think that the problem there is that no one feels like they really like you really care when you ask. Right. And no one gets real with you when you actually do really care. Yeah, That's the problem, because sometimes I genuinely want to. I mean, most of the time, honestly, I'm nosy as fuck. I want to know <laughs> how you're really doing, people. So when I ask you, please give me an honest answer. Do you recommend we ask, I mean, okay, so it's the name of your organization, but I'm like, should we be asking the question differently? Like, I actually did a blog post on this, like way before I knew you. I think I maybe knew that Mental Health Coalition existed, but I did a blog post and I was like, ask your people what's going on with you, right? Because that's more of a direct question, I guess. No, for sure. And I think it's also about just showing that you really care. If I, you know, if I say, how, how are you? How are you doing? As opposed to just, what's up? How are you? Or I think your tone communicates Mm -hmm. so much. Yes. And also I think it's about the way that you respond to it yourself, right? Like if you respond with the expected, great, how are you? No one, the other person's going to do the same. Yep. And I think it's, you know, understanding it's not always the right time or the situation to really dive into it. But even just a, I'm not doing so hot, but I'm working through it can feel more authentic as to what's actually going on for you and can hopefully open the door for others to be more real with you as well. Yeah, and I think something that I struggle with is I never want to be that friend that's like negative. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to go here for a sec, but last week, right before it was that time of the month, you could ask me what my name is and I would cry. I was just having a very emotional day. My dog needs a surgery and I was like really struggling to sort it out in a timely fashion. And I don't want my dog with his eye bleeding down his face for two months because that seems like abuse, you know? So anyway, long story short, that was my Wednesday. (laughs) So the woman at Shake Shack was like, what do you need? And I was like, cheese sauce. (laughs) I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? Totally. Yeah. You don't want to be you don't want to be the the negative one in any relationship. And I think the the reason that it's important to stress that this is about your communication with loved ones and people close to you is that these are people who know you and know that that's not who you are. You know, yeah. they want to be there for you. And especially now, it's just so important that we check in on them, that we know how they're doing, and and vice versa. So I want to dig into it with you. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea for launching? How are you really? Obviously, it's pretty clear that I'm super into what you're doing. And 
I love that you're so motivated and driven and young and hustling to make the world a better place. That is just everything that I'm about. So I salute you. But tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit more about kind of what made you want to launch this. It's crazy timing too, being right before COVID. That to me seems like the universe. I mean, the world needs what you're doing. And how did you know to just do this like a month before the pandemic? I'm going to let you talk. (laughs) (laughs) To back up, I studied psychology in college and have always been interested in like the narrative therapy and Mm -hmm. storytelling that we were talking about before. And the idea that I learned so much from my friends, I learned so much about being able to talk, like when I talk openly about how I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. I benefit so much. And I think that we can all learn from each other. And we have this technology that we're using to not necessarily improve our mental health right now. And a lot of the activity we do online is doing the opposite. So the idea of creating a space where we're really being real and we're, we're being authentic and it's meant for that purpose, as opposed to, you know, a lot of people are taking to Instagram and the existing social platforms to be more real these days, which I think is awesome, but that's not necessarily the mindset people are in when they're scrolling through that platform, right? You're seeing a bunch of filter photos of avocado toast, and then you get to someone talking about their mental health and, you don't really know how to how to respond to that. And they're not necessarily going to get the positive reinforcement that would help them feel good about it. I think you're right, because if I see a bunch of cute pictures of Frenchies and then a bunch of avocado toast yeah. and then a bunch of bloggers and cool outfits, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, cool outfit. I'm not thinking, oh, like that sounds like that was a hard situation. You're right. I think right. the context right. of the platform makes sharing more helpful in that respect. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it is important for us to show that other side of us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like it is important that we we be more real on on every platform that we're expressing ourselves on. But the idea of having one space that's really mm-hmm. meant for that felt important. And so a combination of just my own interests and the need for that and then realizing that we were all entering this time that we were going to be so physically distant. It's a long way of explaining how I came to the understanding that it's that it's important to launch something like this. I love it. You also have done amazing collaborations. I saw Whoopi Goldberg, Deepak Chopra. I saw Chris Cuomo. He was outing himself yeah. about his therapy. I, I was like, yes, Chris. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of therapy. <laughs> yeah, so we launched it. They were all a part of the launch back in May alongside the Mental Health Coalition, which is an alliance of over 20 top mental health resource providers in the country that are all coming together under one roof to destigmatize mental health. And if there was ever a time, you know, as as you said, to connect online and to talk about how we're really Mm -hmm. feeling, this was it. So May was still in the midst of quarantine here and we were all feeling the effects of it. And on May 15th, we launched the hashtag, how are you really challenged, which asked people to open up up about how they were really feeling, to answer that question through a video and to challenge others to do the same. So we were hoping that it can, you know, start a narrative, start a dialogue on on Instagram. And we focused on that platform for the reasons that we even created this in the first place, right? It's a place where people aren't so authentic. And we wanted to engage these celebrities and influencers who portray such Mm -hmm. a perfect lifestyle there and allow them the opportunity to express that they also have mental health. We're all experiencing it. I love that. And I think, you know, one thing that's hard is 
Instagram is kind of like a highlight reel, you know, and and I do the same thing too. So it's hard to be like, oh, other people only post the best parts of their life. You know, I recently I posted mm-hmm. about how sick my dog was and how I was struggling to find this. It sounds crazy, but like dog ophthalmologists are apparently really busy. And so, you know, it was like a struggle for me to get this appointment. And you're looking at your dog every day and feeling like, oh, my God, am I a bad mom? You know, So I posted yeah. about that. And so many people actually wrote me and it was almost healing in that way to share that I've been hiding him. I've been hiding this issue from you guys because I didn't know how to handle it. But here I am. I'm just going to show up and talk about it and be real and tell you guys that I cried in a Shake Shack last night because of it. <laughs> I'm coming back to New York in a few days. See you soon. Yeah. You know? How did it feel showing outside of, of you on Instagram? I mean, when you share, you open up and allow other people to totally. come into your rescue to be a part of that story. You know, now people are even checking up on me five days later asking, hey, did you book a surgery yet? Or maybe I know somebody that can help. And so when you don't share, then you feel like you're kind of more in it alone and you're not allowing anyone to help you if you don't tell anybody and you don't know that they that others have probably gone through something similar too right if you aren't opening up about your disappointment or your the guilt that you're feeling around your dog you wouldn't know that maybe other people in your community have gone through something similar or may have have tips to help you for sure so do you have any recommendations on how we can check in with our friends better to get more authentic answers to how are you really I think you mentioned tone you know we talked a little bit about maybe switching the words like is there anything else that people can do to just have more real convos I think it's about acknowledging the difficulty of the situation that we're going through right and calling a friend checking in on specific things that are going on in their lives if you know that they had you know a hard day at work or there was something that they were specifically stressed about like checking in on that and just showing mm-hmm. that that you want to be there to listen. And, and that doesn't mean necessarily giving advice, but just being a sounding board and being empathetic to what they're experiencing can go such a long way. I think that is so true. And that's kind of what similar to what I put in my blog post a couple of months ago. I'll share something here that I haven't actually, you know, really discussed yet on the podcast. It happened right before we launched so we weren't We weren't really in recording mode yet, but my former roommate, who was one of my best friends from college, we did everything together for like four years. He recently died from an alcohol overdose in the beginning of COVID. A month in, he was in a rehab facility. He was released because of the pandemic. And then, you know, ultimately it was just too soon for him to be out on his own with the additional stress of being locked in the house. And obviously our group of friends reached out a couple of times. We're still on a group college chat. You know, we talk every day, but it wasn't enough for him. And I felt kind of like, you know, obviously I, I, I can't take back the way the situation was. And I don't think me asking him how he was one more time would have ultimately, you know, changed something that was an issue that he had been struggling with for a decade, right? But it really made me think. It woke me up, you know? This Absolutely. is We're living in a weird world right yeah. now. I was just wondering if you've noticed that, you know, people's mental health is, is getting worse during the pandemic. I yeah. know you guys have some really astounding stats on your site. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for sharing that. I think it's definitely been a difficult time for many people. And, of course, you know, there's so little you feel like you have control over that people Mm -hmm. are unfortunately more likely to 
resort to substance abuse and disordered eating as a way to gain some semblance of control. And Mm -hmm. I definitely want to speak to the current state of mental health, but I also think it's important that we contextualize that word because people have so many different understandings of what mental health even is. You know, in today's world, it's widely accepted that we all experience physical health to some extent every day, right? Like some mornings you'll wake up, you'll feel a bit sore or you'll have a headache or cramps. And in those cases, you have some like self-remedy to get over that and to take care of yourself. So like stretching or hydration, whatever that may be. Oh, I see where you're going here. I like it. And then there are some <laughs> there are some days where maybe your physical health is is a little bit worse than something you'd be able to mend on your own and you'll seek, you know, a professional's help to do that. And that is totally accepted, right? That's what you do. If you're not feeling well, you go see a doctor or you, or you figure it out for yourself. But mental health is no different. Like, men, you know, it's health of the mind and we all have it. We all experience it in different ways at different times. And while you may not be diagnosed with a specific mental health condition, you still do experience like your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. And some days it's better than others. Um, so yes, to answer your question, like pre-COVID, the stats were already alarming. Um, so the WHO reported that one in four individuals experience a specific mental health condition in their lifetimes. And close to 800,000 people die by suicide every year, which is Oof. one every 40 seconds, which is, you know, just really, really wild to think about. And it's something that's not spoken about as, as often as it should be. Another stat that's that's super concerning that speaks to like the trends now as well is that there was a 56% increase in youth suicide from 2010 to 2017. Um, And all of these numbers are only expected to increase. Oh my goodness. That's literally from like the birth of social media to now. That's really true. No. Yeah, from the, well, until 2017. I think there are definitely some stats that are able to be drawn back to, to social media and the rising social expectations that that kids have these days. It's like the comparison fatigue, mm-hmm. you know? Or is that a fatigue? Totally. Comparison. The comparison, mindset? like the upward comparisons, you know, people are are more inclined to make comparisons that that are upward trajectories as opposed to downward, which just make you feel worse about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, kids are no exception to that. And the fact that everything they're doing is online today and the way that they're interacting with their friends. Like I had, I had Facebook in, in high school, but I can't imagine, and I, we posted like sixty photos to our albums at the end of a weekend. Yeah. But there yeah. was no, there was no live snapping or live storing, and actually like experiencing what you're missing out on while it's happening just takes like an immeasurable toll to your your mental stress. And yeah, I can't imagine what that feels like. Yeah, it's wild. I'm worried for the kids. We have to have better tools for how to handle this. Everybody needs training in how to balance their digital life with their real life. It's true. It's true. And, you know, now, especially real life has kind of taken a backseat to digital life. Students Mm -hmm. as well right now going back to school, that all really exists online as well. So all of these We're Zoom friends. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Here We're we're here. We're part of it. But all of these numbers are only expected to increase in the wake of COVID, which is really, really horrifying and and scary to process. So it just speaks to the importance of this destigmatization effort and and the fact that everyone needs to seek the help that they need and to support their friends. So I was looking into this when you and I were chatting about this episode, and I found a couple of 
more recent stats to share. So according to the Census Bureau, 42% of 18 to 29-year-olds recently reported anxiety, and it was like 36% reported depression. And that was the highest age range, right? And that's like probably the age range that lives and breathes social media. And it was higher in women, unfortunately. Did it say when these stats were from? It said during the pandemic, but from the Census Bureau and then Total Brain. I could, I'll send you some, pandemic, yeah. some info later if you're curious. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's not surprising, right? I thinking about the effects that it's had on, on me personally and then looking to, to kids that really need to need to be interacting, they need to be developing their social skills through these in, interpersonal relations. And instead, they're they're doing it all through a screen right now and comparing their lives. It's just not healthy. Super hard. Okay, so Katie, we yeah. love to share actionable advice here on Sup Babe. I feel like yeah. that's what a lot of our girls come to the show for. So want to pick your brain a little. What are your top three tips for growing resilience right now? Wow. So I think we've, we've honestly touched upon some of them. But mm-hmm. the way that I think about my own resilience today is about creating a structure within which I feel some degree of control because of this this lack of control that we're experiencing. And so I, I think my first tip would be for focusing on maintaining some routine. So I got a new dog in April. I'm officially a dog mom and you probably heard her Ooh, in the background here at some point. Thank you. And she has- I will be here for you when it gets hard because that shit ain't all- easy. <laughs> It is not easy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great for my mental health. It has not all been great for my mental health. Nope. Oh, my God. She has both really helped and hurt my mental health at different times over these past few months. But her presence now, if nothing else, like definitely helps me stick to a routine. Yep. So there's I can no longer press snooze six times in the morning because I'm up and out the door early with her. For a long walk. And if you're not, she's peeing on your favorite shoes. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the alternative, literally. <laughs> so I structure my days largely like around her schedule now. And I think that really helps me stay resilient. And I think it also goes hand in hand with the need for me to like be moving my body and, and get fresh air. And then part of routine also, which would be my second tip would be sleep, solid night of sleep. I think sleep is something that is just a no brainer at the surface level, like it's so it's fully proven to be have such a significant impact on the quality of our emotional and physical health. 100%. Right? Like, you know, this, I know this, but it's so much easier said than done. And it's something I'm having so much difficulty with recently. So that's been like, a real goal of mine and something that I know I need. Do you find it hard to sleep when you're stressed? I find it hard to sleep when I'm stressed. I find it hard to sleep when my dog's barking. I find it hard also just Yeah, like the throughout COVID, I feel like I haven't had a night of sleep where I didn't wake up in the middle at some point, which isn't like that's not that's not how I'm I'm used to sleeping. I know some people that's kind of how it goes, but I am really just my goal right now is to get back on a a good routine and schedule with that and and get my solid seven to eight hours because I'm such a happier, better person to be around when I do. When I do not sleep, the littlest thing can set me off. People are like, Hurricane Nicole, what happened to you? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. The dog kept me up all night or recently. So I'm staying in a hotel right now for a couple of nights. We're doing some construction at the house. And 
someone tried bangs on the door at 4.30 in the morning. And I've had break-ins, et cetera, in New York. And I was just, I could not go back to sleep after that, you know, because I was terrified. Yeah. And that probably also disrupted your sleep, like, the subsequent yeah. nights as well. I don't know. I think it's such a mental thing now that I'm, like, being really conscientious about it. I think it's almost hurting me because I'm, like, counting the number of hours I'm going to have. And I'm, I'm really focused on it. But that's my second tip. And I need to take my own <laughs> advice because I know it's important. And then my last one, we've, we've spoken about at length, but it's about nurturing the relationships in your life. I had to make a much more conscious effort to do this during, like, the depth of quarantine Um, which I know we all Mm -hmm. did. And now for me, it's about speaking or seeing a loved one every day, which seems easy, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own world and forget how important it is to really like be there for others in your life as well. And to ask your friends how they really are feeling. I like goals Um, because especially if they're simple, right? Because you can do it. And then when you realize that you're good at it, you can double the goal, you know? So speak to or see one person that you love every single day. Mm -hmm. That can't be that hard. Yes, it can't be that hard. And usually it's many more than that. But I think that there are some days where I'm so wrapped up in my work or just the things on my own to-do list that I forget there's a whole world out there and these all these people that I want to stay connected with. I think that was a harder realization for me during, mm-hmm. you know, when we were all so physically separated that I really had to be making that effort. But it's something to just keep in mind and like check in on at the end. I of love the day. that. Okay. So I think I have four written down, but let me repeat these back to you, Katie, and you can tell <laughs> me like, yes, this is great or no. Okay. So one, create a structure Lovely. within for some control. Two, maybe these two go together. Maintain a mental health routine. Three, make space for quality sleep. And four, nurturing the relationships in your life. I guess the first two go together. Yeah, I think that the first, yeah, and the first one especially, like, I think encompasses all of these others. Just the need to, the need to have control, the need to to create these these structures. And setting these goals is a way to do that, right? Setting the number of hours of sleep that you know you need to be your best self is a way to to gain control over your life and your mental health. For sure. Okay, so what is the current status of how are you really, do you guys have any new initiatives launching? Give us the skinny. Yeah, so since our May launch, we've actually evolved the platform a bit. The focus now is really highlighting the stories of specific communities and populations whose voices are not as easily or often mm-hmm. heard. So back in June, we launched a collection of frontline workers' mental health cool. stories, recognizing how like, while many of us were tasked with staying on our couches and, and watching Netflix to curb the spread, they were at the front of it all. Um, and that took a huge toll on many frontline workers' mental health. And it's something that wasn't really so spoken about so we launched that collection in an effort to amplify their voices and humanize the experiences and then connect them with resources. And since then, we've focused on some other populations and communities, and we're looking forward to continuing to do that. So you can check them out. The most recent one that we launched was on immigrant students with back to school, recognizing how hard it is for students right now. Cool. And for a lot of reasons that we've already chatted about. I read some of those and I shed a tear. That's tough. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah. The goal with these two. So it's, it's, of course, to educate users about these individuals experiences, but we want to help create equitable mental health care and support for each of these 
individual communities as well. So connecting them with specific resources and then connecting the user base with those resources, which is all provided through the mental health coalitions. Wonderful partners. So when you say resources, are they, you know, places they can read online about things they can do to improve, like techniques like journaling, or is it therapists as well that are working at a discount or for free? For sure. So I think one of our collections we launched in partnership with the Okra Project, we were amplifying the voices Mm -hmm. of Black trans folks and the mental health experiences that they're having in the wake of the Black Lives Movement and we were able to connect them with Black trans-specific services that are out there, but they're not readily available. And then it's also like based on the story that you're that you're engaging with, um, being able to recommend specific resources that may have piqued your interest from what that person had spoken about. We don't want, you know, if someone's saying that this meditate, this specific meditation or this therapy really helps them, then like we want to help you connect with that therapy if it's something you're interested in. So being able to link you directly to that. Cool. That's awesome. I love that. It yeah. sounds like really specific and well thought out and researched. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, now with with everything going on right now, it's just figuring out different ways to help the specific communities that are struggling and all of that while still, you know, wanting the general population to speak openly about how they're feeling, but doing what we can to focus on the specific communities. Well, I have an offer to you. If you want to do a party when it's safe and the world goes back <laughs> and we can raise some awareness for how are Let's you really do it, call me. Absolutely. I'm your girl. Hopefully <laughs> soon. Hopefully soon. And will you just tell everybody where they can find you, the blog, the gram, all the goods? For sure. So it's at how are you really on Instagram and at mental health coalition. And then it's howareyoureally.org is where you can watch some of these stories and also share your own if you're comfortable doing so. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Katie. This has been a treat for me. I will drop those resources in the show notes for everybody. All right, girls, if you loved what you heard today, please subscribe, hit five stars. We would be oh so grateful if you took a moment to leave us a little review. You can add us on Instagram at DJ Nicole Rose and at Sup Babe Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in. Mondays and Wednesdays, your one-stop shop for living your best life. XOXO.